0: Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Mader, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business Acadiana
1: style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. The Great American Shopping Mall has been on the endangered species list for several years now, but the retail apocalypse has yet to be realized. If malls are doomed, they don't seem to notice. It is true, however, that the way we shop is in the middle of a long disruption. When Amazon came along it heralded the end of the in-person shopping experience and the trimmings that go along with it, in the mall's case, that would mean food courts, arcades, and playgrounds. Uh, But the human touch has persevered. Brick and mortar stores have been making uh, a comeback as people turn to bespoke shops to get personal guidance on what they buy. Brands and retailers have... Uh, have to make it worth both online and offline, as it were, uh, embracing the advantages of each vehicle. Um, fashion retailer Mitzi Guidry is swimming upstream of retail trends. And after moving back to Lafayette from Los Angeles, she converted her online uh, vintage boutique into a brick and mortar shop in downtown Lafayette called Lilu. Uh, Lilu collects and curates vintage and unique pieces for resale and it also doubles as a micro cafe, which allows Mitzi to throw uh, food pop-ups and create a culture and community around her business. Uh, Mitzi has worked in the fashion industry for close to two decades and still maintains a full-time gig with Los Angeles Leathercraft, a clothing manufacturer based in LA. Mitzi, thanks for joining me on out to lunch.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: You know, so for malls and retailers competing with the online giants, the shopping experience is everything. And that often includes food service, like Mitzi's Micro Cafe, for instance. Uh, food courts have always been around shopping malls, but they've become more and more important and more and more exotic in what they serve. Uh, my guest, Daniel Esteban, owns and operates the Churros Boutique, a kiosk in the Acadiana mall that whips up wildly creative and personalized portions of that Mexican street dessert. And if you haven't heard of a churro before, first, shame on you. Uh, second, it's like a fried donut piped out of a pastry bag. You often find them with cinnamon and chocolate dipping sauce. But at Churros Boutique, you can get them stuffed with cream cheese and strawberries and even mounted into a cake. Daniel Esteban, thanks for coming on Out to Lunch. Thanks
3: you for inviting me.
1: Um, Mitzi, I kind of wanted to start with you because, uh, you, you made, you know, in a sense, the move from o- the move from online to the brick and mortar, and that's kind of a big investment. And, and you guys have had, you know, I guess you have what you would call a niche product. Um, so, so what was it about, you know, that concept and Lafayette that, that gave you the confidence that going, you know, to a, a retail store, you know, putting, putting storefront on the ground as it were, uh, was something that would work.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Well, um, so I had been selling secondhand and vintage clothing online um, through a few uh, resale apps, uh, which has, you know, they've become become very popular in the last couple of years. Um, and I sort of realized that if I wanted to continue to pursue this as a um, a business. I really needed a space uh, for people to try things on. Um, when you're selling secondhand, especially vintage, um, it can be tricky. Um, s- sizing labels from the '60s, '70s, '80s uh, don't really <laughs> don't really explain very well uh, actual you know current day uh, sizing. So that could be tricky. Um, so yeah, I just felt like if I wanted to continue to pursue it, that having a, a physical space where I could engage uh, with my customers and people could come in and actually try things on, um, I felt like that would give it um, sort of the leg up that it needed uh, you know, to, keep, to keep going.
1: So, so are you, and to be clear, are you still doing the online stuff too? I mean, are you mostly focusing now on the, the retail uh, the in-person retail side of it. Uh
2: pretty much uh mostly the in-person retail. Um the thing with those resale apps, they're they're so great. Um it, you know, they're such a a wide reach. You, you know, you have such a wide reach. Basically, you're, you know, able to connect with people around the country, around the world. Um, so, you know, your customer pool is is much larger obviously. Um, but it's uh, pricey actually to, to sell through those apps. They take a huge percentage, um, you know, and I understand that they're well-designed, obviously they're, you're paying for that reach. Um, but yes, it, it makes more sense to just sell through, you know, our, our physical retail space now.
1: And so of course, one advantage that you seem to have now is that like you've got this other offering, right? Like this idea of having a micro cafe, a person can walk in and not just try on a new blouse or whatever. They can buy a cup of coffee. They can sit and, and, and chat with you about it. I mean, is that experience something that you find that like, is it, I, I'm kind of imagining that enhances what a lot of us do, right? We go to shops, we try some stuff on, maybe we buy something, maybe we don't, but we, you know, th- that experience is kind of important for retail, like getting to know a customer. I mean, have you found that that's really worked Do people come in and just like buy a cup of coffee and look at a shirt and then move on? Is that what's happening there?
2: yeah yeah definitely it's been really interesting um you know this is not uh as much as much as i would like to take credit for it being an original concept uh, to include um a coffee shop or some sort of like beverage food service inside of a retail store it's becoming more and more popular in bigger cities um and like you mentioned, I, I've been in LA for the last 20 years and have spent a lot of time in New York for work as well and other big cities around the country and the world. And I've seen the concept, um, you know, before, and I always thought it was so cool to just, you know, be able to pop in and grab a coffee, browse around, whether, you know, whether I would bo- actually buy clothing, um, you know, it was just sort of uh, to add to the experience, like. You know, and that and that's what we're doing at Lilu. Um, I do have to say that most people that come in to shop do actually end up buying a coffee. It's it's not so much the other way around. We do get a lot of customers that come in just for a coffee um, that don't purchase clothing, which is cool. You know, it can function as just a coffee shop too. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a different experience. And then going back to what you were talking about. You know, that's what we have to do now as retailers, like, you know, the retail model has shifted and changed so much in the last, you know, 10 years or so. People are, I mean, that's, you you have to give people an experience, a unique experience to come out and, you know, come into your shop as opposed to, you you know, just having or relying on the convenience of online shopping. And
1: I think that's what it does. Mm -hmm. So speaking of unique experiences, I mean, food and shopping have always been, I think, the reason why most of us would even go to a mall. And and Daniel, you know, you guys are bringing a unique product in your own way to the Acadian Mall, and that's the churro, which is a food that I happen to adore. Uh, I will say- I. I was a little shocked in in doing pre production to find out our technical director does not know or did not know what a churro was. But then it occurred to me, like, well, maybe not everybody knows what a churro is. And so, I I don't know. Has that been an issue for you? Like when you kind of planted your 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 shop in the Acadian Mall, do you find that you have to kind of start with explaining to people what it is that you're even selling them?
3: Yes, kind of like um, I've been trying to the customers use like the hardest step for us is just to get people try. Once they try. They just get hooked up. Now, the easy way to me what a churro is to explain to the people or convince to the people to try is just like churros is uh, told and it's going to be like a funnel cake or like a crispy beignet. So once I tell that, yes, it's going to be easy for me to sell.
1: Do you find that people like that's where they connect with it around here? If you say, you know, oh, it's like a beignet, they're like, oh, okay, give me, like, give me five of those then.
3: I mean, yes, in the beginning, like, just to the people asking me, like, what is this product? So the easy way to me to tell them is just, like, it's going to be like a beignet or like a final Okay, Now, once they try that, a lot of people say it's way better.
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan and it, and and I, and I think you know it's important that, that, that people realize I mean like the, the that churro experience right you get that really crunchy outside and it's really nice and, and, and soft it's and pillowy soft. on the inside when they when they're done well I mean so so where did this idea come for you I mean to, to bring this to the mall all
3: right so to be honest with everybody and we all uh it was just like my dream is open a bakery so I doesn't have enough money on that moment to just open my own shop. And one day, me and my wife was uh, watching YouTube videos, see why, what kind of product we can try. And we just like, look, let's send me like homemade churros. I was like, OK, this is something doesn't have in this city yet. It's kind, of, it's kind of more popular in other states, but not here. And we just, like, we just married with the idea. I was like, churros, yes, and the mall, yes why not? And then you would just start dreaming. Now, it took me a lot of time to find the right recipe. Once I get it, it just, everything fell apart. I just, we would try, like, put it different fillings, cream cheese, caramel, chocolate, and then we was like, okay, we need to make it look more pretty to the people. I was like, okay, we need to add some toppings, and we was like, okay, I have some strawberries at home. Yes, well, what else do we have? Like, I got some more kiwis, bananas, we we'll just... Put everything together, I guess on Eminems and everything's come up like that. That's the real truth.
1: So so I've seen some pictures of, of it and like, you know, these things are pretty piled and you know, it shows a really uh it can be like really sticky and interesting and good. And so I this kind of conversation makes me think a little bit about like, you know, what is the right food to go shopping with, right? I mean, like do we do we do we you know, is is there you know, I think of mall food, right? You may be the pretzel thing that people used to get. Or, you know, like when I was a kid, we used to go to the Chick-fil-A, the a Mall. That was like the only one in town. Like, so you, if you want a Chick-fil-A, you'd have to go to the mall. So, so, I mean, to kind of bring you, Mitzi, in here, I mean, I know this is sort of a zany question to you. But like when you were thinking about, all right, well, what kind of you know, food experience going to offer, obviously, you know, to some extent you got to worry about space and what you're selling. But I mean, like, was it just coffee was just an obvious choice or is there really a strategy to that? Like, well, we need to have, you know, a specific type of food to meet a specific type of customer.
2: Um, well, yeah, to your point, I think that a coffee is the perfect, you know, item, uh, to pair with, you know, shopping. You can walk around with a lidded cup or, or whatever, um, while you shop easily. Um, But I just have to say that I'm very excited that this episode is incorporating churros (laughs) because I love churros. And anyone who knows me really well knows this (laughs) about me. So I haven't been to your shop yet, but I am very excited to check it out. (laughs) I live, like, like I said, I lived in Los Angeles for 20 years. um, And so I feel like I, you know, I was amongst a very large, you know, Mexican Latin uh, community. So I feel like I've, I've had some good churros in my time. (laughs) Um, I, I actually, as in addition to my manufacturing company that I have in LA, um, I also have a coffee shop in Los Angeles. (laughs) So that, that was sort of um, how that conversation started when I decided that I wanted to open Lilu as a, um, secondhand vintage clothing store. It was actually for a little while only going to be clothing. And then, um, my fiance, you know, sort of brought it up one day. Why don't you, you know, like, why don't you incorporate, um, you know, coffee, since you have so much experience in it. And our shop in LA is really successful. And I've always enjoyed, you know, hospitality in general, you know, whether that was, you know, just hosting people on, you know, in different ways. And I always enjoyed working in the coffee shop when I would uh, a few days a week. And so anyways, with his encouragement and then having already experienced this like dual concept um, in LA and in New York. Um, it just kind of, it was, I, I felt like I should have come up with that on my own, but <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yes, I do have a little bit of, uh, coffee, uh, experience.
1: You're listening to out to lunch. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking with Mitzi Gidry of Lulu and Daniel Estevan of the Churros Boutique. Daniel, you, you said that, you know, your original thought was that you wanted to be, a baker, right, and then, then you kind of landed on churros as a good you know vehicle for you, you know, kind of going through YouTube. It seems like a pretty smart way to kind of figure out what could work. I mean, um, you know, so so what was it about the the churro concept that was attractive to you? I mean, I understand, like, yeah, I mean, starting a bakery is really expensive. They could be a difficult thing to do. But I mean, you could have picked any number of easy to work with, right? Foods that were sort of low cost, but you landed on churros. Was it because it was something you particularly liked or was it something that you felt like, hey, look, this is a a thing that'll just work in Lafayette?
3: Okay, so originally I'm from Colombia and most of the food is, like most of the most popular food here is kind of Mexican for the Spanish. Like it's something that everybody knows and everybody is interested to try. Now, churros is the only dessert you can find in Old South America and America is original. They're coming from Spain, actually. So the reason we try with churros is because it's something everybody likes. And it's something is everybody's going to try. And especially, it's like, we have almost a lot of customers just like remind them when the, there was a shower and the mama used to go get a churro. So that's one of the reasons we try, because we want to, do something everybody uh is gonna like and is gonna be available to buy to and try
1: have you so I kind of asked the question from from uh you know Mitzi's perspective as somebody who's like trying to program food for her shop, but you kind of like you you've got a different vantage right I mean people come into the mall they they might come to your shop I mean do you notice any you know patterns of the sort of person that you know is it, is it, you know, a person more commonly going to order a churro with caramel and then go into, you know, the, the, the record shop? Are they going to get, you know, like, are there different types of people who buy a certain type of churro and then go to a certain type of store or no?
3: I was kind of scared sometimes when I see some, like, uh, fitness person, like fitness lady or fitness guy. Like, I was like, they always ask me, like, how many calories do you have? I was like, so I have to make a little um, – uh, I did uh, something really funny. Say like, uh, uh, calories doesn't count on the weekends. <laughs> so I just try to play a little bit with it because they, they always ask like, how many calories they just have. So it's kind of it's everybody. It, I have all kind of customers, man, and I'm so glad for that.
1: Yeah. What's what's the most popular combination? You got so many different ways that you can customize these things. But, but like, is there one that you make? You find yourself making over and over and over.
3: So yes. So on the beginning, I have two menus. So one was the classic ones. It's only have cream cheese filling chocolate and dulce de leche tastes like caramel. And we concert is major on. own. So we have a topping list. So in the beginning, I doesn't have like any of the best sellers on any name of the churros. And I was kind of see everybody order almost the same, like strawberries, cream cheese, Whipped uh, cream, uh, the other cookies, uh, the other Oreos with her cheese chocolate. So then we put a name. So the most popular for us right now is the strawberry cheesecake. That one is the best seller for us. That one has strawberries, cream cheese, and whipped cream, and the cookies include too. It's cream cheese, Oreos, and her cheese chocolate. That's the most popular.
1: sounds pretty good. So Mitzi, I mean, you've, you've, you've considered yourself, you've outed yourself as a dedicated churro fan from your time in LA. (laughs) I mean, what, what would be, what's your favorite? I mean, what would you go for? I mean, you've heard his menu, but I, what's your go-to churro?
2: Well, that dulce de leche sounds so good. I usually just, um, yeah, my, my, experience with churros I've never had so many options actually this this is great um so I would have to say just a plain just a plain churro is perfect for me (laughs) I'm not I'm not too much into uh sauces um in general um but yes I would definitely love to try that Dolce Delege
1: one that sounds awesome yeah sure so, so something you've been doing which I, I think is pretty interesting right is kind of leaning into this sort of pop pop-up culture right so it's like you don't have a restaurant but you have a space and you make coffee but you know if you if you know somebody who wants to say like make bagels which you've had people you know come in and do hand hand rolled bagels and you sell them out that way i mean how do you go about sort of programming that and like i mean that's not i mean it's something that can um, bring people into the business, obviously, because you get kind of a small storefront. So if it's like wildly popular, I mean, people are sitting around, you know, munching the bagels. I mean, how, how does that marriage actually work out for you in terms of like thinking about the kinds of pop-ups you want to have in your shop and and, and what it's actually going to do in terms of bringing people in?
2: Yeah, so, um, well, just to give you a little backstory, I, um, I was required to basically build out a kitchen um, to facilitate the espresso machine. So I have a, a full kitchen. Um, so I have sinks and I have a grease trap. <laughs> I don't have a hood, but I have um, I have a little kitchen set up. And so, you know, um, I ha- I hadn't really thought about doing food pop ups like as I was developing the concept and preparing to open. But when you know, I I sort of one day realized you know, I have this space, I might as well take advantage of it. Um, and so we started this, uh, the breakfast series, it's called and coffee. So it's a breakfast pop-up series that we we ho- we host once a month. Um, and like you said, uh, we host a guest chef um, every month and we try to bring people in that are making things that you can't really find in Lafayette. Um, So like you said, we had a bagel pop up and um, we did a delicious gourmet donut pop up. I mean, I know we have plenty of donut options, obviously, but um, uh, Rob Sandberg, he does these amazing filled donuts, which is um, not something really that you can find tons of places here. But anyways, um, that's the that's the concept. That's the idea is to have people come in. Um, people that are doing interesting things with breakfast foods and so um, we have a little bit of outside seating and then um, uh, DDA has been so kind as to open Park Lafayette actually um, open it up on Sunday mornings for us to use Um, there's some seating in there now some tables and chairs and um, so yeah, that gives us some additional seating. So yeah, the, the space is tiny. I, I don't know if you've ever been in it, but uh, we definitely could not, ho- you know, ha- have many people inside, um, regardless. So anyway, most of it happens outside. <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. So, so Daniel, I mean, kind of, you know, I outside food culture is actually a pretty big thing in Lafayette. And, you know, I think about churros are often seen as street foods in some cultures too. I mean, I mean, is that something that you've been able to take advantage of? I mean, we have this, obviously when there's not a pandemic going around, we have this very vibrant festival culture in in Southern Louisiana where people, you know, I mean, I know a big reason why I go to Festival International or Festival Acadia is literally to go eat, like go stand in the street somewhere and eat. I mean, is that something you've been able to do with, with your business?
3: Hopefully. Yes. Like, La is great for that. People like to try different stuff, different kind of food, different kind of culture. so it is great, it's something to really help us. Now, we was on the uh, Latin festival last year, and we did a great. It was a great time. And we were trying to win this year to the international festival. Everything without nothing happened. So hopefully yes, next year we're going to be available to go, and it's going to be great. It's
1: going to be great if we can go. So, so, do you have? I'll be there. <laughs> do, do you have? Um, I mean, you, you've talked about your ambitions to, to be a baker. I mean, so so but let's talk about your ambitions with your churro shop. I mean, where do you see this going f- for yourself? You know, outside of trying to get into the festival when, you know, God willing, we can go back to festivals. Yes.
3: Uh, that's what I tell everybody. And my dream is be this is the dreams and me and my wife is be the next the Starbucks of the churros, that's my dream. I wanna open, uh, uh, I open my own place with my own products, a little bit of bakery, coffee, churros, and be available to go to different places, not just be on the mall, be available to go uh, to the library, be in an airport, be, you know, have my own space, so that's my dream. That's what we're working
1: on. So, so it sounds like something you're you're prepared to take wherever you want to go. Um, I mean, so Mitzia, I got to ask me, like, is this the sort of thing? Could you have a churro pop up at your retail Definitely. shop?
2: Definitely. Um, so we host, so we do the the coffee uh, and coffee breakfast series. So, I mean, I guess that would kind of that could be a little breakfast item for sure. Um, but other than the breakfast pop up, we well. Last month was the first time that we did it, but it was super successful. And so I'm I'm excited to do it again um, more this year. But we also um, did a little pop-up for Art Walk in December. Um, We had um, some friends come in and do a grilled cheese pop-up, which was really awesome, super successful. And so, yeah, if it didn't, if the churras didn't work out for, for breakfast, we could definitely find another another time to do it. Like art walk would be so fun, right? Yes, of
3: course.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you yeah. love making these connections and out to lunch. So 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 Mitzi, I mean I, I... You know, I feel like we, we we've kind of honed so quickly in on the tros because it seems like we have three people on this on 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 in this conversation that love them. But I mean, we haven't been able to talk too too much about the actual. Like, so we we've, we've talked a little bit about you know generally speaking, you're you're working with vintage and 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 sort of boutique pieces. But you know that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So so can you kind of talk to me a little bit about like w- w- how you curate what you sell? I mean, when you're looking at your, your shop and the kind of things that you acquire, you know, what are you looking for and something that you think has resale value?
2: Yeah. So. um, um, it is a combination of vintage um, and just simply secondhand clothing. So, you know, pieces that are 60 years old can be hanging next to something that is two years old. The idea is to be able to show you know items that still have value, that are still relevant um, in some you know way, uh like currently. Um, just to kind of give it a, a, a second, a second chance, essentially. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm always looking for things that sort of, that can be incorporated into current, uh, you know, styles, trends that are happening now. Um, the vintage, you know, a lot of people think when they think of vintage clothing are, I feel like they do, um, you know, like. 1950s 60s like party dresses and you know like you know that sort of like uh kitschy sort of kitschy style um and although i i do love that also the shop is um it's more traditional than that so we sell vintage levi's we sell um a lot of vintage denim. Uh, we sell a lot of leather, leather jackets, um, vintage that is timeless, um, that can easily be incorporated with that piece that you know is a year old or two years old that it's hanging next to. Um, that that's essentially the idea is um, to give very you know wearable pieces, no matter how old they are. A second chance to like to stay out of a landfill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, guys, it, it strikes me in kind of having this conversation that maybe something that that, that we, you both have in common is, um, you know, the the, the the need to kind of a, a, um, apply a personal touch to, to what you do. I mean, there, there's a sense that you know when you're kind of offering people options or you're you know selling them on you know a vintage piece of Levi's, right? That you've got to be able to know your customer, or that you got to be able to know you, and, and a lot of times people are actually buying something or or, or or eating your food because of, of what they see in you and and, and clearly you guys have, have shown a lot of passion for your work and um I, i'm really thrilled to hear that you guys are finding success in that uh, mitzi and daniel it was great having you both on the show so thanks for coming on out to lunch Acadiana.
3: thank you yes sir thank you that was great
1: my guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Mitzi Gidry of Lilu and Daniel Esteban of the Churros Boutique. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Mitzi and Daniel and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media These photos were taken by Jill LaFleur, and you can find more of her work at LaFleurPhoto.com. One of these days, we'll get back to hosting Out to Lunch Acadiana in person over grits and griots at the French Press in sunny downtown Lafayette. Until then, you can go to the French Press yourself for breakfast or dinner or order it for delivery. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Christian Mader. I'm the editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And to find out more about what matters in Lafayette, check out our newsletter or go to thecurrentla.com. I'll see you here again next time around our virtual lunch table for
0: more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye.